using pre-planned lines on dating apps to start conversation does not work generally for women because we have a sixth sense. We have like a sniff test. We can tell that those lines are maybe lines that you got from a YouTube pickup artist dude, or you even maybe came up with it on your own, but now you've used it for every single girl over and over and over. It's like that saying, give a man a fish and he'll eat for a day or teach a man how to fish and he'll eat for a lifetime. Give a man a pre-written line and he'll date for a day. Teach him how to banter and he'll date for a lifetime or maybe not a lifetime because you'll find the one right away and then you'll stop dating and you'll just be married. But you know what I mean? I am Kristen from kristenandchill.com and I am the banter queen. I teach guys how to charm more than just the socks off of women. And if you're struggling in conversation, if you're getting ghosted, if you're never hearing back, if you're never ever getting the results that you deserve, hit me up at kristenandchill.com. Want to know the hidden meaning behind what women say and do? Then check out the Chictionary. It's the Wing Girl Methods manual that gives you a full rundown of all the things women say that confuse men written in dictionary format. Go get a copy of the Chictionary by going to winggirlmethod.com slash chick. That's winggirlmethod.com slash chick. If you like what you're listening to and you want dating tips and strategies directly from me, then you can get in touch with me by shooting me a text to the number 310-299-9139. Up until now, only the best clients of mine had personal access to me. But now, because so many guys ask my personal help regularly, I'm building a private texting community where I answer your questions, give you killer tips, and just make your dating life smoother and easier than ever before. Even if you're not just dating and you're married, I can help you with that too. So just shoot me a text at 310-299-9139. I really look forward to hearing from you. All right, text you soon. Coming up on this week's episode of the Ask Women podcast, I have asked my friend Dominie Drew to step in and host our show for the day. You've heard Dominie on the show before. She's absolutely amazing. And I knew that there was nobody else that I would want to ask to do this other than her. She's absolutely amazing. So on her show, she talked to an expert about the future of technology when it comes to dating, something that's very, very important. She also talked about how the tiny ring on your finger can help you feel connected to another person, even around the world, and how you can use technology to develop emotional intelligence, eliminate approach anxiety, and even overcome the fear of rejection. So you definitely don't want to miss out on this. Keep listening. Welcome to the Ask Women podcast. This is probably not the voice you were expecting to hear. My name is Dominie Drew. Both Marnie and Kristen are out today. So I am stepping in to lead today's phenomenal interview. My name again is Dominie Drew. If you are a longtime listener of the show, you may have seen me on as a guest and as a co-host multiple times. Tonight I was planning on being a co-host and then Marnie was unable to join. So I am your host for the day. So a quick little intro about me. I am much less fascinating than my guest for this evening. I specialize uh, very similarly to Marnie. I help single men attract life partners through dating, coaching, and self-mastery. But my approach is very different from Marnie's. While she is very much about the outer game, very much about interpreting signals and learning to flirt and learning banter, 
I address the problem from an inner work perspective. I address those deeper psychological and much deeper than that, layers on which we hold ourselves back from what we want. So solving the underlying problem that's causing your approach anxiety or causing you to be repeatedly rejected, even though it looks like it has nothing to do with you, there is always an underlying cause in which you are attracting that kind of experience. So again, very much solving the same problem as Marnie, who, again, if you've heard me on the podcast in the past, she was a client of mine for a while after she did an interview with me and she had incredible results. It was really quite wonderful. And so this can really work for any realm of life. And I think we're going to probably be touching on that this evening. So my guest is Nicole Bradford. She is the CEO and founder of the Willow Group and Transformative Technology Lab. And I'm so fascinated. We were just running through a couple of topics, things to run through, and I was already starting. I have all these follow-up questions already. But she works with the approach of this type of material from a technological perspective, which I find just fascinating. Nicole, thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, thank you for having me. I was excited to come on because people don't typically think about technology and the inner landscape, and they don't typically think about technology and love. And so I love going to places where what I think about and what I'm passionate about is really unexpected. And so it's sort of like, I think if there's a headline for right now, it's sort of love in the digital age and what does tech have to do with it? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes, 100%. And in a way, tech has everything to do with it, just in the fact that it's everywhere, right? We're using it all the Mm. time. Most of the people that I work with are on online dating in some form or another, but we'll dive into that in a minute. Tell us what it is that you do. Yeah, so the Transformative Technology Lab was created to catalyze the health, happiness, and fullest potential of every human. And we do it by bringing together investors, innovators, founders, and people who are building the types of technologies that I'll describe to you in a moment. And so what we're really interested is technology applied to the inner landscape. And so if you think about most of the quote-unquote tech you think about, and you think about Maslow's hierarchy of needs, most tech is about safety and all those foundational things on the bottom level. It's about food and shelter and efficiency and all of that. But our premise is that there is actually a role, an important role, for technology, for all of the rows above, belonging and connection and identity and all of those things. And so this is what I think the core crisis is, is that if you're familiar with an exponential curve, 30 exponential steps will get you to the moon. It's that kind of curve. And so what's going on is that all of our crises are on these exponential curves acceleration in climate, acceleration in income inequality, acceleration in like all of these issues. And all of our technologies also on these exponential curves. Like there is a reason why you can get a cell phone for a couple of hundred dollars now. And when they came out, they were $15,000. Or it used to cost $100,000 to sequence a genome, a human genome, and now you can get it for less than $1,000. And so that's exponential technology. So we have our crisis on exponential curves. We have our tech on exponential curves. But human growth and development, how we learn how to people, how we learn how to be human, how we learn how to understand ourselves, have healthy relationships with one another, to really connect. That is linear and analog, and we leave it to the culture to help people figure it out. And so like, it should be no surprise to us 
that we have the kind of disconnection and social issues and and all of the things that we have because it's kind of like trusting the future of humanity to a casino. It's really sort of what's happening. Mm. This is reminding me of the the social dilemma documentary mm. that came out recently and the ethical tech, none of which had crossed my mind. And it was just really incredibly eye-opening and a lot of things that you're talking about. Yeah. That's the only other time that I've heard it. But I mean, it's, it makes so much sense. As soon as you say it, it's like, of course, we have these supercomputers and our brains that are just, they haven't changed evolutionarily at all, at all, mm-hmm. since Homo habilis, right? So we're just like, <laughs> we're the exact same creatures yeah. in a totally different world. Yeah. Well, I love the Center for Humane Technology, and that's where uh, Tristan Harris and Aza, and they're the, they were the core drivers behind that premise of time well spent and ultimately coming up to the social dilemma. And I consider us to be on the same team. We're all working for more humanistic technology. Where I work is in less so, and one of the things I often encourage people to say is that when we're talking about the downside of tech, to be very specific about, we're talking about attention economy, social networks. And so that's a, it's a very specific thing that there's a lot of rot in it. And I don't really know the solution for it. It's basically when your attention is what the company is getting and they will do anything to get it. But that's only one part of tech. So, you know, right now, no one can see me, but I have glasses on. 3,000 years ago, this would have been straight up magic. Yes, that's true. I literally just said the same thing. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, straight magic. And so even this podcast is a form of technology. So there's a lot of great technology. There's a lot of good technology. And most technology, for a very long time, we've been coming from the premise of competition and Darwinism and a bunch of other things. But if you actually look at nature, there's a lot of collaboration in nature and a lot of altruism in nature. And so what we've never really done is we've never really taken technology and focused it on expanding our own connection to ourselves, to one another, the human heart, the human condition, the human magic. Like that's where I think we should point tech. And so I think it might be helpful for your audience to hear some very specific examples to make this real. So we have three verticals that we follow. One is looking for technology and solutions and products that people build for mental and emotional well-being. So I'm looking for things that are used for stress, anxiety, garden variety, depression, happiness, and sleep. Because if you can't sleep, you can't be well. You just can't be. And so there's a ton of devices in that category. Lots of things, software, hardware, sensors that you know, help people with those problems. And then the second category is a social and emotional wellness. For this, I look for things that help people with self-awareness, emotional self-regulation, so EQ, adaptive quotient, AQ, and then all of the human interaction skills that is about people working together. And this is important because, and we talked about this in the pre-show, when people talk about the future of work, what they're talking about is the rise of the software line. And the software line is the line that takes over rote tasks. So it's the things that can be done by software easily. And what that has done, if you look at the U.S. economy or jobs, it's eat in the middle. So jobs that don't require a lot of skill and need human hands, those are are left. And there's a lot of them actually. And then there's 
like the thinking human problem solving jobs and software sort of eating the middle. And that will continue to happen. So when you're looking at future of work numbers, the more important number other than net jobs is actually skill. I mean, it's actually tasks because what's left, what will be left, and and this is really relevant for your audiences, is what's going to be left are the human interaction skills. Mm. It's going to be, or tasks. It's going to be people solving problems together. It's going to be people creating things together and people on teams. And a team is a company, it's a country, and it's also a couple. That's what's going to be left. And so a lot of the technology that I'm looking for is tech that really starts to help people skill in that way. Whether it's like knowing how they're feeling, whether it's learning to notice when their stress levels go up, all of these things. And then the last bucket is human purpose and performance. And with that, we talk to founders and support founders who are building things that augment human cognition and emotion about finding your purpose and helping you discover meaning and taking people on journeys for that. And so it's essentially those three verticals. You could think about them as technology to support people in learning how to be, technology to support people in learning how to feel and developing emotional fluency, which is different than just having emotions. And then technology to help people learn how to become what it is they truly want to become in this life. Girl, there's an app for all that shit. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, actually, there's lots of, lots of things, lots of things. Some are more developed than others. That's phenomenal. I mean, those are the kind of the realms that you never really think about tech touching. You were talking a little bit about the natural world and how that connected in the beginning. Is there a form of biomimicry in this? Maybe in a different level? Is it beyond biomimicry? I'm a big fan of biomimicry too. I really am. I mean, I think to a certain extent, I mean, a lot of it is like being able to track, measure, developing an intervention, and then helping people with integration for that. And so one area where people might connect to is like, this is in weight loss, but a very successful company out there is Noom. And they're really successful because they have created a behavior change mechanism that includes changing the story you have about yourself and your relationship to food. Wow. And so they're just doing, they're doing great. And because they've developed this mechanism that just works, because, you know, one of the secrets of the weight loss business is that people lose weight, then they gain it, then they lose weight, then they gain it, then they lose weight, then they gain it, because they haven't changed their story about themselves as it relates to food. One of the things that you said earlier about how you approach dating, where you're helping people change the underlying story about themselves, that's actually creating the same experience over and over and over again. So you're also doing behavior change. Like that's what you're doing. And so before weight loss used to be about counting calories. And then after that, it was about counting calories with friends. And now it's about counting calories with friends while you change the story about who you are and then having technology that makes it all really easy for you. So you can connect to your coach, you can connect to your therapist, you can connect to your friends. And so these behavior change mechanisms also, like you'll see them in lots of areas, relationship building, There's a wonderful founder that I love named Amy Baglin, who has a company called Fabrique. And basically what it does is it really helps you pay attention to the people that, like the hundred people that you really truly want to be connected to so that you 
are scheduling and making sure that you're making time for each other. And so it helps you. It's like a social assistant in that way. And it's all through an app. So it's like Dominique, you and I are friends. I haven't talked to you in a little while. It'll say like, oh, you haven't talked to Dominique in a little while. I'm like, okay. And then it will help me book time with you and get it in both of our lives. That is super powerful. So if we bring this back to specifically to dating, I'm fascinated by this because to me, the inner work is the solution to anything, right? It's like, yes, you're right. I'm in behavior change. I just use that as a going in point, right? Because the behavior is the symptom. So yes, that's the result of what happens. But I work on something that has nothing to do with your rejection from women at all. And then you solve that underlying problem, which seems totally unrelated. And then boom, you sort of magically seem to get stop getting rejected by women. How can tech in particular, and this may lead to dating apps or it may not, but how do you see this type of tech transforming dating, whether online or not? Well, so one quick clarification. I'm sorry, when I said that you were in behavior change, I was including the underlying story that requires the underlying inner work. Oh, 100%. I mean, you're exactly right. The behavior does change. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't want you to think that I was saying, oh, you're in behavior change. And if you didn't feel that way, I was including what you had said before. The way that I think it's going to change dating is that we really need to level up the emotional intelligence of the population. And emotional intelligence, that helps people, like people understanding who they are and what they want and what's going on and when they're triggered and whether it's the young them or the old or their current age in the room or not and developing that fluency. And so I think technology can really help with developing emotional fluency. And I can give you an example about that. And so, but how I think that that will tie to dating is that that emotional fluency that then sits up under us having quality primary relationships, whether that's at work or home or with family, that will improve dating because what's happened is that the old reasons people used to connect, they're not doing it for the same reasons anymore. It's like you don't need it for status necessarily. The Uyghurs in Western China, an unmarried man has no status, like no status. He can't speak at council. Like <laughs> he has no status. So they try to get married as quickly as they can. Just yeah. funny, like a different culture. Interesting. So in our culture, it's like you don't necessarily need it for social status. I just heard a thing the other day that something like it was like 48% of children in the US now are born out of wedlock. Like you don't need it to have kids. You can have kids without a marriage license. So you don't have to have it for kids. You don't necessarily have to have it. You know, women are working. You don't necessarily need an economic messiah. Like you don't need it for all the reasons that for thousands of years, you don't need it to transfer property. You know, you don't need it for all the reasons that we used to need it. Now we need it for companionship. We need it for the mirror because nothing brings up your stuff more than, <laughs> you know, than being in relationship. Oh yeah. So we need it for growth. We need it for companionship. We need it to have a teammate. And so we need it for completely different things. And we do not have the skills. We do not on whole have the skills in order to have what we actually need it for now. Okay, this just opened up a whole other Pandora's box of questions for me. We're going to take a pause real quick to hear from our sponsors and we will be right back. If you're depressed, doing anything feels like climbing Mount Everest. Setting up appointments feels like climbing Mount Everest. Well, in this case, using BetterHelp, it's like, I don't know, maybe 
taking one step on a tiny set of stairs. It's easy, it's convenient, and it's there for you. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So I want you to start working on your happiness right now. You deserve it. And this service is available worldwide. So you don't have to be in the US of A to use it. You can be anywhere. So even if you're off on vacation, you're supposed to be having a great time, but you really need to talk to somebody because it's not going well, guess what? BetterHelp will be there. So start living a happier life today. And as a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com slash askwomen. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash askwomen. You know what stinks? Sitting on the sidelines and watching the world pass you by, watching opportunities just fly right by you. Well, with Bet Online, you can get involved in pop culture and sports. You can be part of the action because Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all the action. Football might be over. That's okay. Because guess what? The NBA is going on. So is college basketball. And so is the NHL. They're all in full swing. And Bet Online even covers award shows, TV shows, reality TV, and they give you real time updated odds and props on pretty much almost anything that you can imagine. So head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't sit on those sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code CLNS50 to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. If you listen to the Ask Women podcast, then you are already miles and miles and miles ahead of other men when it comes to attracting and getting the girls you want. But I must confess, there's one missing piece in the puzzle, and that's flirting or the ability to ignite sexual chemistry with any girl you meet in a matter of minutes. Most guys suck at flirting. They can't flirt their way out of a paper bag. But as your personal wing girl, I can't let you be one of those guys. That's why I want to show you the most effective step-by-step formulaic approach to flirting with any girl you like. This formulaic approach has been tested on thousands of girls and has been proven to work like magic. Yes, magic. You just apply the formula and see results instantly and it's that powerful. To find out everything about this flirting formula, all you have to do is go to winggirlmethod.com slash flirty. I've made a special video for you where I reveal what this formula is all about. Go to winggirlmethod slash flirty and you'll find out all about it. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Okay, and we are back. All right, so you ended by saying that we don't currently have the skills that we need in order to build that type of relationships, whether that's inwardly or technologically. How can tech influence this area of life so profoundly? How can tech raise our EQ? Mm-hmm. I'll give you a specific example, and this is for kids. So there's a robot called Moxie, and it's so cute. I'll send it to you so you have it in the show notes. But Moxie teaches children emotional intelligence. Last year, pre-COVID, 
90% of teachers in the U.S. K through 12 wanted social emotional learning modules, but they don't really have them. There's nothing really great out there. What Moxie does is the robot, it sends children on missions with other humans. So the technology is not the uh, ultimate mediator. So if I was the robot, if I was Moxie, I would ask you, who is your best friend? So who's your best friend? My best friend is named Kate. Kate. Then I would say, then the robot would start to ask you questions about Kate, about Mm. how Kate feels, about Kate's emotions. Nice. And then it would send you out to ask Kate. My God. And then you would come back and you would tell the robot. And so what it does is it's like, instead of, it basically creates the chapter headings and sends children on adventures and quests with other humans in order to start to develop emotional fluency. And then one of the other things that's great about it, this speaks to what we talked about at the top of the hour with social dilemma, the robot is only active for one hour a day. Uh Children can't binge. They can't make it go faster. They can't do any of that. They have to wait. So simultaneously to teaching emotional fluency, it's also in an on-demand world teaching patience and impulse control. Because you just have to wait. Lack significantly. Lack. So you just have to wait. And then they did a great job on the security. They're using like, it's called homomorphic databases. And so nothing goes back to the company on the child. No voice files, no image files. The only thing that goes back is math. And if the parents lose the password, then the robot gets wiped. And their studies are doing so well, especially for children on the spectrum children who are a little challenged emotionally. The other thing that they set out to do was to be a parent's ally and a child's best friend. So they're really like, how do we support parents in helping their children have emotional fluency? And then one of the other things that they do is like sometimes developmental issues can show up in speech. And so parents can actually see very early on how their children are doing in terms of other development. And so it's just really a great product. Right now it's expensive. It's like $1,600. And most of the people who are, are buying it or, or who are signing up for it are people who have children who have challenges. But it's exponential. And their goal is to really understand how to train in emotional fluency. And sometimes when I talk about this, people go, oh, isn't it terrible that we have to use technology to help us with that? But it's like, you know what? We're born with vocal cords, but we do not expect children to be born speaking English fluently. Similarly, we're born with emotions, but we expect people to be born with emotional fluencies. There's like this disconnect where we don't realize we must teach this. And technology, in my definition, is it's what takes what is scarce and makes it abundant. So it's like, how do we make these types of things available for all? And that's what technology can do. And so if we were to translate that, so let's say the main thing that, for example, guys come to me for in their dating world, I'd love to know how this tech would approach this. Approach anxiety, fear of rejection, low self-confidence. That's usually like the main things. And of course, they're online. And something about, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this too. And I, I genuinely don't. It's so funny. I'm a dating coach. I have no idea about dating apps or like how they work or why they don't work. I've also been single. I've been on dating apps for a very long time. And it seems that there's no commitment. Like my thought when you said that was what our generation lacked. My second thought was the other thing that we lack is resilience. 
right? There's no like sort of like, okay, well, I've been talking to this guy, you know, or this girl online for three days and I really want to meet. It's like you're already on to the next. It sort of feeds that dopamine as opposed to really lead to a relationship. How can this help either those specific issues or that tendency that the issues in online dating? Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, I think the very first ones really is sort of, you know, there's a plethora of meditation apps and the meditation apps get you to slow down and they get you to be sort of more mindful and more aware of, of what you're doing and why you're doing it. So I think that's sort of like a really basic one. And then one of the apps that I use, I love it. It's called Mind Jogger. And it's essentially a notification app, but I choose the notifications that are on it. So one of mine is, how am I attending to my deepest emotional needs Ooh. in this moment? Yes. So everybody else's notifications are turned off. The only notifications I get are the ones for me <laughs> that are speaking to what is going on for me. And so that is like really taking control of technology and using it for yourself. There are other things about stress. So maybe someone gets the approach anxiety that you described earlier when we get out of COVID. I love haptics. I really love haptics. And so there's two that I like. One is called Apollo Neuro. Another one is called Touch Points. And basically what it is, is it's kind of like a vibration on your skin. And what it does is the vibration is loud enough to basically distract your inner lizard, <laughs> you know, like the part that the, the physiological part of your brain that picks up anxiety and is always on watch. I call it the inner lizard because you have two networks in your brain. One is called the task network and others called the default network. So it's basically stasis or alert. And so if a, a car honks next to you, suddenly your nervous system switches from the sympathetic to the parasympathetic. Mm -hmm. And vice versa, right? Yeah. And so it's basically just, it's our biological safety mechanism that always has you alert. And so when people psychologically get into a state of anxiety, then they become physiologically in a state of anxiety. And then the body kicks in. So sometimes the mind follows the body and sometimes the body follows the mind. And so what this device does or what haptics do is that it's just a loud enough thrum or it's just a strong enough signal. Let me put it like that because it doesn't make a noise that the lizard starts watching that and then it's consistent. So the lizard is soothed by it. So it, it stops that hijacking. So in studies, especially like touch points, it can reduce anxiety by up to 70% in less than 30 seconds. Wow. So if you're out at a bar or if you're at a party and you see someone that you're interested in, you could just have them in your pocket and turn it on and allow it to handle your physiological anxiety while the you you does whatever you choose to do. So that's a really great example. That's extraordinary. You know, we were talking about just before we hopped on the recording about technology bring you into your body, like really mm -hmm. being able to help you kind of be more present in the moment. Is this what you were talking about? Because mm -hmm. that fear response comes when we just leave, right? We're totally triggered. Right. Absolutely. And then there's other things like I'm really intrigued by technology that can be used for really deepening connection. So like one example would be, this was just a pilot that was done. It's an extreme example, but I want to use it first. There was a test that was done in South America. It's called the pregnancy belt. 
And basically what it was is it's a haptic device that goes on a man's or a partner's stomach. And one of the things, there's a thing about your brain called a prosopeia. And what that is, is that basically means, you know, like if you were to just think about it right now, you know that you know where your feet end, you know where your hand ends. And so there are people in the world who have a condition where they don't know where they end. And it's actually a real problem. But what it also does is when a friend is pregnant and you put your hand on their stomach and you see your own hand, you become reminded that it is not you. However, if the haptics are on your own stomach and what they've done is they match it to the the person who's pregnant has the belt on too. And so when the baby moves, both people feel it and it's the same movement. And so what they've been doing is it's like these couples and these men are feeling the baby move on their own stomach instead of reaching out and feeling it on their partner's stomach and their brain saying, that's you and that's me. And so it's like the videos, like these guys just burst into tears because they know that's their baby or it's a baby that they care about. You know, the world is interesting. (laughs) (laughs) They know that's a baby that they care about. And so haptics are additional senses. Our body, our skin is our largest organ. We don't really use it. We don't really use it or focus on it except for beauty and vanity to the extent that we think about our brains and our hearts and our lungs, but it's a wide territory. One of the things we talked about before was, I love these rings. They're called the touch rings and basically they're haptic rings that convey the heartbeat of both people to one another. So it's a pair of rings. I would have one, my partner would have one and wherever we are in the world, have a constant sense of his heartbeat wherever we are. And just that sort of thing about like adding a sense of presence, adding a sense of constantness. And is it better than being together? No, it's always better to be together. But when you are apart, you know, to have this felt sense of the one that you love, I think that's wonderful. That like brings tears to my eyes. Mm. It is so moving to think it's odd even that what you're saying is so revolutionary to my mind because why wouldn't tech be used for this? Why hasn't tech yet been used for this? And maybe it wasn't advanced enough. And you know, this is pretty crazy shit we're able to do as humans, which is amazing. But what a beautiful, beautiful use of the incredible things that human ingenuity has created, human connection. I mean, you think that would be the first, well, other than you know, killing our enemies, which I think is priority numero uno. But maybe like right under that, human connection could just lead right to being able to feel each other, being even able to feel somebody's baby inside you is just so profound. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Mm. I love that so much. There's just so much depth in that. I just gravitate towards depth and that I just, I love the richness in that. So we have a few more minutes. I'd love to know, and I can't remember, I've already really kind of asked you this in some way, but can this technology change the frustrations of trying to find love online? I think you were talking actually about another tech beforehand. I'd love to go into that a little bit. And do you have personal experiences on online dating that your knowledge and an incredible wisdom that you have in this field has really helped or helped to mediate or helped to make you be more successful in that area? Or do you avoid it like the plague? That was a lot of questions. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, what I'd really like to see with the dating apps is I would really like to see another level of matching. Visual is certainly a part of it. And you can read between the lines and often get a sense of someone. 
I love that um, many of them have started to add instant audio because so much is conveyed through the voice. A lot, a lot is conveyed through the voice. I can tell when I hear a man's voice, whether or not I can be attracted to him or not, regardless of the photo. Like I can just tell from the voice. And so, you know, I would like to see better psychological matching. I think voice is great. And then what my work has done for me is I actually came into all of this work via meditation. So I've done a lot of different things in tandem with my professional work. And have I been on the dating apps? Yes, I have. Yeah, I've been on the dating apps and I've actually met a lot of really great, nice people. I haven't met my person yet, but I've met some extraordinary people and many of whom have actually become friends. Mm -hmm. Yeah, (laughs) same experience. Yeah, so I sort of take it in that vein and I do things like, how am I feeling when I'm on this date? Like, how do I feel? And... I love from conscious loving the concept of the microscopic truth. I think that's really great. What is that concept? What is that that described? It's just basically telling yourself the truth about how you're feeling and then also telling the, the other person the truth, you know, which includes this is not what I'm interested in. I had a date a little while ago and it wasn't a match. And we did a social distance outside date and all of that. And afterwards, I called him up and asked for feedback. Nice. Look at you. Well done. (laughs) Yeah. And I was like, look, I'm not trying to nag myself. I have a deep love and passion for myself. It's more like, what were the things that I did that made you feel alive? What are those things? Because it's really hard to get people to be critical. And I wasn't looking for that anyway. I was like, what are the things that I did that made you feel alive? And was he able to respond openly with that? You know, initially he was anxious, but then after that, he just really dropped into it. And then he said, oh, would you tell me? (laughs) You know, like he'd never done this before, but at the end of it, he was like, oh, he was like, I really like the same, you know, would you do the same? And I was like, yes, I'd love to. And so that is something that you're able to do when you have emotional maturity and intelligence. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. To be able to do that in a way that is not threatening is not threatening, not whining, not coming from a victim, persecutor, or hero, or any of those things. It's like, that's the skill. Because you went into it without attachment. Yeah. He, he could have said, no, thank you. And you would have said, okay, and your day still would have been fine. That's something that's, that's imperative that we talk about a lot about with the approach is just, if your happiness is dependent on her answer, then you've already lost before you start because she can feel that. Everybody can feel that. And instead you went in, you were going to have a great day no matter what, but boy, I sure would love to hear from you and the lightness, you know, created that safe space. That is stunning. I love it. Thank you. Where can people get to know you? Where can they find you? How do you want to contribute to this incredible gift that you're developing and how can people find it? Well, anyone who's interested in building, I would like to talk to you or I would like to invite you to join our community. So if the types of technology that you've heard is of interest to you as someone who wants to build it, invest in it, or advise on it, then of course we want to hear from you. And that's just go to www.transformativetech.org. So that's really great. And I suppose as long as I'm at it, if you are Mr. Right, (laughs) (laughs) call Dominic. 
I'll think right or right now. Either way is honestly, I'm just, I'm open to both. Yeah. If you're ready, if you're ready for your next chapter and for it to be the most extraordinary thing you, you know, like the really the next evolution of you, call Domini and ask her to put you in touch with me. (laughs) That is awesome. I'm going to screen, I'm going to screen all of these people. You guys should see her. She's an absolute stunner and just radiance, which is just, that's just the very best thing. I'll, I'll keep the line for you and just send the ones forward that qualify. Great. Thank you. Yeah, no problem at all. That is awesome. Nicole, thank you so much for joining me. This has been so incredibly enlightening. I feel as though I've just, my awareness just opened up to a whole new world that I wasn't even aware of, obviously. And it's just been a real pleasure connecting with you. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. All right. So guys, thank you for joining us. This has been a phenomenal episode of the Ask Women podcast. Download, subscribe. Marnie is an absolute genius in her field. She's been on my podcast. I've been on hers. I want to do both more. So don't hesitate to reach out. Marnie has incredible programs that really help in every aspect of your dating life. So if you are interested in really upping your game, leveling up, I love that you use that phrase, Nicole. I use that all the time. Leveling up your outer game. Check in with Marnie. If you want to level up your inner game, check in with me. And if you want to help to build what sounds like the next level of human reality, check out Nicole. Thank you guys so much for joining and see you next time. Bye.